welcome to the Cook Foodie Podcast. I'm Marie. In this episode, I have a chat with personal trainer Estelle Olsen, who specializes in behavior change and strength training. She believes that exercise is a way to experience life, and we have an awesome conversation about taking care of our physical health in order to take care of our mental health. Estelle lived in China for six years, so we also talk about the differences between fitness lifestyles in the U.S. and in Asia. Enjoy! Hi Estelle, welcome to the Cook Cody Podcast. I'm so glad that you could join me today. Hi Marie, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoy watching your Instagram stories because it reminds me that I need to stretch and move my body because <laughs> I always tell myself well my son is 25 pounds like carrying him and walking around with him is my workout but then when I look at your Instagram I'm like no I need to do more than just haul a baby around <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm sure that is a really good workout like whenever I've held I don't held, hold babies on a regular basis but <laughs> Whenever I do hold them, they're really heavy and it it gets tiring really fast. But there are other things that we should be doing. So I wanted to start by asking you a fun question. What makes you happy? Like what gets Estelle up and smiling every morning? Oh, every morning. Okay, so every morning, what makes me smile is drinking my (laughs) coffee alone. Okay. (laughs) But... When you first asked me this question, what came to my mind first was animals. I love, love animals, like baby animals, like probably more than anyone else I know. And I know that might, I mean, who doesn't love baby animals, right? Everyone loves baby animals, but it might sound like a funny thing to answer to this question. But I just, I honestly love them so much. They make me so happy. Yeah, animals and coffee. That sounds like a great combination. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like who wouldn't want both of those things all day long? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'm super curious to learn more about your journey. Could you share with, with us how you ended up living in China? Yeah, so I always liked traveling. Like even when I was a kid, I was interested in other languages. Like it just kind of fascinated me that people communicated in other ways than English. Um, and I think like that's that's not exactly travel, but it kind of shows like my mindset since I was a child. Um, so I knew I wanted to at least try living somewhere out of the U.S. And I had done a little bit of traveling. I liked it. Um, and I knew I wanted to be in a place that was like, interesting and also allowed me to travel more like I didn't want to go to a place that would like I just have to stay there constantly um I liked seeing new things experiencing new things so um I had been doing a little bit of traveling before that and I had a friend that visited Shanghai and told me it was really cool and I was kind of trying to figure out where I wanted to go next so he said it's really cool it was relatively easy to find work at the time, um, relatively easy to find somewhere to live, lots of cool people there. He was like, you should just go check it out, see what it, see what, how you feel about it. Um, so I went there and I loved it. And every day was like an adventure. I felt like life was so rich and interesting. And not to say that 
there aren't ever hard times when you're like a foreigner in a country like I don't know what's happening like new culture new language um I also moved there when I was really young so I had never lived on my own before and then I just decided to move to China so it was like woo, learn to be an adult in China um but for the most part it was wonderful so I also ended up not meeting um, my husband there. We had met before, but that was where like our relationship started. We ended up getting married. So that was a huge piece in me deciding to move there. Like I loved the place, but also I didn't want to do the whole long distance relationship thing. So I went home after my trip. I saved up for, I think, like eight months and then I just moved. Wow, that's incredible. So you got married in the States and then you and your husband went to China together? So my husband actually already lived there. Um, We're both from like the same, I shouldn't say the same area, similar area. Like mm, we lived maybe like 30, 45 minutes apart and we had uh, mutual circles of friends. So our circles of friends kind of overlapped. So we met before and he was already living there. So, um, we just kind of like our friendship grew while I was there and um, we dated for a while there and we came back here after I think like three years, three and a half years, we came back to the States, got married and then moved back to Shanghai again. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I, I'm okay. piecing it yeah, together yeah. now. Okay. So yeah, sorry, China, very good at telling back to stories. the States, China again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So when we came back, it wasn't like we came back here and lived here and got married. We like came back and got married and then left again. Right. You came back to the States to get married and then. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. When, when you were in China, how did that, how did living there help you to grow as a person? Mm, Well, I think. I mean, I don't want to compare it to like becoming an adult in the U.S. because I didn't really do that until recently. (laughs) So I can't say what it's like. I never experienced that. Um, But I feel like I was put under a lot of really stressful and difficult circumstances that you have to handle calmly um, and you have to learn to show respect respect and understanding of other cultures I just I don't just mean like Chinese culture because Shanghai is a very international city there's people there from all over the world so there's people doing all different kinds of things around you and you have to learn to accept and respect um, and just also live in harmony with that so I think that was a huge piece in molding who I am right now and when and when you were in China was that what inspired you to want to have your own business because I feel like in China it's very entrepreneurial and a lot of people are starting their own companies how how did you decide that you wanted to become a fitness coach yeah that's an interesting thought I actually never thought about that specifically like because you're right there are a lot of people starting their own businesses there is very entrepreneurial it's possible that that did have an effect on my mindset and my just like the idea to do something on my own I think like putting aside like the personal trainer piece of it the decision to start my own business I wanted to do that because I'm really not a nine-to-five person I did that for a long time um and even though I had like 
I've told you before, like I had a really nice boss. I had a good schedule. Um, the schools I worked at were great. The kids were so, so sweet, so cute. It was just like, I wasn't made for nine to five and it wasn't really my personality. So even though it was great, I, I felt bad complaining about it. It just wasn't me. Um, and I just needed a little bit more control over my schedule and what I wanted to do with my life. So, um, yeah, I, the dis I should say the decision was more so it was in my mind for a while, but it was kind of, I don't want to say forced it. I wasn't forced into the decision, but it pushed me to make the decision when things started changing in, um, early 2020. And what do you say the biggest challenge was when you decided to start your own business? That's a really um, another good question. Uh, I would say so. I started it when we when we came back here. So in March 2020, we decided to come back to the states. You know, just to visit family. We were we were considering. Um, we were considering moving somewhere else, not coming back to the US. We thought maybe Thailand, somewhere else in Asia, just change things up a little bit. But we ended up getting stuck here um, longer than we planned. And we weren't really sure, like, are we going to live here? Are we going to um, go to another country? Are we going to live in, in another state? So I couldn't really get like a normal job at a physical location, like a coffee shop or something, because that would require staying in one place. And that was something we weren't sure if we wanted to do. So I thought, okay, this is a really good opportunity to do the thing I've been wanting to do for a couple of years now, even though I have no idea how I'm going to do it. Like, I don't, I don't know anything about business, like nothing. I was just like, you start your own business and you do what you want and you make money. Like, <laughs> I know nothing. Mm -hmm. So um, just with my personality, I'm, I just kind of start things. I'm a go-getter. And I don't mean that in like a conceited way. It's just my personality. Sometimes it's to my benefit. Sometimes it's to my detriment. Um, so I just kind of started. And I think probably the biggest challenge I've experienced is just kind of feeling alone in it all. Not like people aren't supportive. People are very supportive. Um, but like you have your own struggles when you're a small business owner and also during this time period and never, I should never learning to be an adult in the US. Like all of that at one time was kind of a lot and I kind of felt alone in it all. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest challenge. Of course, there's other challenges with, you know, starting your own business. Um, but I don't really see those as what you might think of as a challenge. I just see it as part of the process. Like if you want it, that's what you have to do. With that experience and knowing what you know now, if you could give advice to someone who is wanting to start their own business right now, what would you share? Mm -hmm. um, so what I did, and I feel like it helped me so much. Like, I don't think I would still be doing my business or pursuing this if I hadn't done this, but I got a business coach. I didn't do it immediately, but I did hire a business coach. And it was a big investment, but it's also, it's just what I wanted to do. I wanted to have my own business and I had no knowledge. <laughs> and like I said, I probably wouldn't have even been doing this still if I hadn't pursued help. So that's probably my biggest piece of advice. Like, I think you need a semi-clear vision. It's true that your vision can change 
as you grow and your you know times change and your business evolves it's okay for your biz for your vision to change um but to have an idea of what you want and what you want out of life if you know what you want out of life you can create your business around what you want but if you don't know what you want your business is going to be changing all the time so know what you want in life and get help i love that know what you want in life how how did you get there how were you able to figure out what what you really wanted because because you did so, share that you didn't want a 9 to 5 but sometimes mm-hmm. people know what they don't want but then they don't know what mm-hmm. they do want does that make sense yeah yeah i'm like that with picking out restaurants <laughs> like I don't want mcdonald's like, I don't, want. but yeah so I think what I wanted has really changed especially considering the time that I started my business like Mm -hmm. when I started it I was like I want to go back to Shanghai and that's all I want like I just want to go home like even though I was from the states and that's where we were I hadn't lived there for a really long time I hadn't built my life there so my home was really in Shanghai and I was like I just want that So I'm setting up my business so that I can go home. But as time has gone on, it's like I don't know when that's going to happen. So my personal way of thinking about what I want, I honestly don't know how how to help someone else through that process besides just a lot of contemplation. Like thinking with all the actions and decisions we make like is this supporting the life i want is this supporting the person i want to be um and sometimes like i've gone through phases where i honestly don't know i don't know what i want like like you said i know what i don't want <laughs> um but i feel like it's only until recently that i really know what i want thank you for your honesty i i really i can feel that you are really driven and at, and at the same time you are honest that you don't always know what the next step is but you are are trusting the process it seems like and that's and that's wonderful i wanted to shift gears yeah. a little bit and talk about physical health and i would <laughs> love to learn more about what you've seen has worked in your life and and with your clients when it comes to working on our on our physical health something i've been thinking a lot about lately is more and more people working from home especially when the when the pandemic started and i wanted to know your thoughts on on how working from home has affected the way society and and people in general view their physical health Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um I don't know if it's like there's two kinds of people or there's more of a process that people go through when there's like two steps or more than two steps and people are just in different points of this process, but um yeah, so working at home, we're probably sitting a lot depending on what our job is. And I think if we hadn't been doing that before it could be easy to not really realize how active we used to be and then 
okay, so this is a fundamental belief of mine. We were born to move. Like before we're even born, we're moving. So it's very, very unnatural to sit in our homes all day. We were meant to be outside. We were meant to be using our bodies. It's just a human element. And the way that society is set up, it's not that like no one is active in their jobs, but a lot of people, we're just not as active as we're meant to be. Um, and this affects us psychologically, emotionally. And this is something that people don't always realize. So going back to, you know, spending a lot of time at home sitting after, you know, you know, just the new, the new shift that's happening. Um, I think if we're not aware of this human element that we have of needing to move, we might become more depressed or just not think clearly or stressed out. And we don't realize why. And there could be lots of different reasons. Like I'm not a psychologist or anything. We could have other reasons to be depressed, but moving helps. If we're not moving, that is like being less human. To me, that's my opinion. We have to move. Um, and it's not like we have to like do some crazy hit workout or go to the gym and lift or anything. We should be outside walking. We should be using our bodies. Like everything about the way the human body is put together says it needs to move. So I think that's one. I feel like I really got off track. I'm sorry there. No, I. I but that's it's, one. It's great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. So there's, there's one kind of person or maybe one step in the process. I'm not sure what it is where we're like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't feel as good and not really changing. Maybe they're trying other things, but they don't realize that they need to move. And then there's the other person that's like, I'm not moving as much. I need to be more active. And then they take these steps. Maybe it's hiring a trainer. Maybe it's just like doing some workout videos on YouTube. Maybe it's taking, you know, 15 minute movement breaks every hour or making sure they go on two walks a day, even if it's just like 15 minutes, 30 minutes, like putting that in their schedule to make sure that they're doing those things and they see the benefit in that. They know they need to do that. Um, so maybe it's, like I said, maybe it's that process or there's just two different kinds of people. I really appreciate you sharing that because it reminds me of when everything happened March 2020. That, that was when we got pregnant. And in in mm. King County in, in Washington State, like the greater Seattle area, all parks were closed. It was, it was kind of weird. They had, they would tape up all the parks and, and even like trails. Uh-huh. And I would be so miserable and my husband loves to exercise and I would be like after, you know, a day of working from home, I would just lay there and like not do anything. And he'd be like, let's go on a walk. And we would try to find parks to walk around, especially since I was pregnant mm -hmm. and I should be moving anyway. And it, it was it was really tough. And then they finally. Because. You know, back then, people weren't really sure what COVID was. and Yeah, and it was all new. It was all new, yeah. So then they, they eventually, like, the county parks and public parks, they they weren't, like, taped up anymore and we could go. But before that, I was nervous. I was like, oh, no, am I going to spend the rest of my pregnancy only doing, like, workout videos on YouTube? <laughs> I really Aww. just wanted to just walk outside and I like wasn't sure yeah. is it safe to walk outside? Can I breathe outside air? 
but yeah. anyway it was oh that was such a scary time yeah it it, it yeah. really was and I'm grateful it's over and that I can walk mm-hmm. around <laughs> walk around <laughs> and breathe fresh air um it's been really great but yeah. yeah when you're sharing that it reminded me of like a couple of months of being trapped at home and not being sure if I could walk outside yeah that reminds me of when it all started happening in Shanghai so it was like three months before that so I think about three months when, when did it start like January. it was during yeah January like Chinese New Year time it was around then I can't remember the exact time okay. but I, I remember like I lived next to like a really really awesome big park um, if anyone listening to this has been to Shanghai they will know Zhongshan Park I lived right next to Zhongshan Park so cool I would go there almost every day just to run um, and you would see like you know old people doing their stretches mm-hmm. and their tai chi and their like dance groups it was so fun to watch a karaoke um, and I remember I don't pay attention to the news honestly so everyone was talking about it but like I didn't get how serious it was it was the very very beginning mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go for a run around the park. I put on my clothes, ran outside, and it was closed. Like, this is one of the parks that never closed. It was open 24-7. It never closed. And you could not get in. I was like, what is going on? And so I just had to run around on the streets. But even then, it's more difficult. You know, there's a lot of traffic. There's more smog. You have to stop at the stoplights. So there's even that barrier. Like, some people might not even be comfortable doing that. Maybe they're only comfortable in the park. So that is another limiting factor that even if they could go outside, maybe they're just afraid or they can't. Like, maybe they live in too busy of a city. So it is, that was a huge barrier for people. Um one thing I decided to do was I hosted like a, I don't even remember what it was. It was on WeChat, the popular app there. Um, and it was like 100 reps a day. Like you do 100 squats or 100 push-ups. Or, um, and it was free. Anyone could do it. And I just like send them a movement. And people would say like when they got in that many movements for the day. Something super simple, basic. It wasn't, wasn't like a challenge or anything. It was just so that people would move. People would do something. Yeah, and and of course, I am really grateful for technology because the fact that you're able to to mm. reach out like that and, and invite people to move and to do simple actions in the very walls yeah. of their own home, right? Because like I said, I mm-hmm. I did watch a lot of YouTube videos and my husband has this old P90X CD and we put it in. It was like P90X yoga. And like after five minutes, I threw up. I was like, this is too tough. Oh, like, no. let's let's oh. do something more simple. And yeah, it, it's so interesting how when you don't work out for a little bit, it affects your body. Because I, oh, yeah, yeah I, I was really sick in the beginning of my pregnancy, but I did want mm-hmm. to stay active. And it was only like a couple of weeks of not working out, even though my husband and I, yeah. pre-COVID, we would do hot yoga three to four times a week. Like we, oh, wow. we were intense. Yeah. <laughs> and... Most of <laughs> most of the studios shut down. Like some of them have permanently closed. I was really sad. I was like, "Oh, 
like my poor yoga studio like i wish i could support them somehow but yeah it was just such a such a change in like my physical health and and it definitely impacted my mental health as well oh yeah like you totally. said we we are made we are made to move i wanted to go yeah. back to what you what you shared about um the park that you lived by in shanghai and mm-hmm. And the old people that you saw, tell me, tell me more mm-hmm. about that, and and what your experience was like when you first saw all these people exercising like that. Yeah. Okay. So the first time I saw something like that was when I visited, okay. and I thought it was like the coolest slash funniest thing I ever saw in my life. Like it was so funny. Like. Like, can you imagine, like, seeing, like, a group of, like, 80-year-old people here, like, dancing in a park? Like, (laughs) it would be so funny, but it's also so cool. Like, I love that they, like, I don't, like, I I imagine in my mind, like, there's all routines throughout the day, and they're like, oh, I'm gonna go dance with my friends in the park, and, like, messaging their little friends, and I'd see the ladies carrying, like, the stereo on their shoulders, and sometimes they'd have, like, all matching outfits, and I'm like, that is so cute, like, I hope that's what I do when I'm old, like, I want to have a group of friends that we all wear matching outfits and dance in the park, like, who doesn't want to do that? Um, I think it's, amazing that they stay active like as they get older and like you'll see them like doing all these different kinds of if you don't understand what they're doing you think it's weird like weird (laughs) moves like walking backwards and like clapping in front and behind or like these weird stretches and you're just like what are they trying to do but they're just Sometimes I I honestly don't know what they're trying to do. (laughs) But the point is that they're trying to do something for their body. They're trying to stay limber. They're trying to stay healthy. They want to continue moving. And it shows that they have a desire to move. Like like that never went away. And I'm sure they still have pain and they hurt sometimes. Um, But that I know that that has to be limited because they have continued to move as they got older. And like, that's an important part in their lives. So I thought it was hilarious and cool all at the same time. That was the first thing I thought. (laughs) Yeah, it it is really cool that, that they also have that community where they're able to come together and exercise like that. In, in Singapore, it's similar as well in, in public parks and there are, workout areas even in apartment complexes and you can see old people and they like chit chat for a little bit and they do their little Mm -hmm. workout and then they go get coffee and chit chat even more it's really cute like they're like the old bffs together it's it's really cute yeah that is so cute that's true it's like it's also set up in a way for them to be able to do that. Like the apartment complexes have an area for that. Mm-hmm. Like in Zhongshan Park and like in other parks too, they have areas for that, like huge areas where they can dance um, in multiple areas like that. Not just one, there's lots of areas. Um, they even, there was even um, like, they're not signs, but they're not really like bars either. It was like a metal statue kind of thing that was created for them all to like hang their sweaters on and their bags and stuff so that they 
it was just all designed for it. And I was like, that is so cute. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is awesome. And that reminds me that when I was growing up in Singapore and I would go to the gym besides like going on runs or, or hikes, not that our hikes are steep. It's like Singapore's flat, but we do kind <laughs> of have some hilly areas. And I would and I would see old people outside and in gyms, and I don't know whether it's because I maybe just haven't been to more states in the U.S., but I've noticed that I don't really like see old people doing that here. What what has your experience like been like? Yeah, there I definitely don't see that as much here. I think one part is like what we were saying there. It's not really set up for that. Like at least in the neighborhood I live in, I can go on walks, but there, there's not a sidewalk. Like there's still cars driving. There's not as many cars. It's kind of like the country area. So I can still go on walks and stuff, but a lot of areas there just aren't like, there's not even sidewalks. How are they supposed to get outside and walk around? And um, the parks aren't really like a good area to do that. It's more designed for children right um yeah I just think it hasn't like society hasn't set it up in a way to support enough physical activity yeah that like there's not as much awareness Mm -hmm. because in the U.S. there are these there's so many national parks all across the country they're beautiful they're all kinds of trails whether Mm -hmm. that are you know, more children and elderly friendly, and then they're more like aggressive hikes. I went, I went to school kind mm-hmm. of close to Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Park, and I loved going mm-hmm. to those parks. It was amazing, mm-hmm. and I also love animals. And I would just like stare at the elk. I'm like, you're so cute, <laughs> and do these. I know yeah, all of them, and do and do these incredible hikes with beautiful views and so do you think that maybe it's more I don't know I'm just I'm just talking out loud do you think it's because the U.S. does have national parks and these natural places to exercise so then at the state and federal level there isn't really a need to have infrastructure that promotes exercise and physical health yeah I honestly don't know like I mean I don't know all of the national parks but I did not grow up next to any of them um and when I can't remember if I told you about this before but my husband and I did like a four-month road trip around the U.S. and we tried to go to as many national parks as we could Mm -hmm. And one thing I noticed was that um, a lot of the trails, not all of them, there were some that were suitable for like um, older people or maybe just like small children or, you know, people with disabilities. Um, Most of them were not suitable for for everyone. Mm -hmm. And the ones that were, were like really short trails. And like like I said, I haven't been to all the parks. I don't know all of them. but I definitely think, like, like, people don't go to national parks on a daily basis. If you do, that's really cool. But it's not something we do all the time. <laughs> and I think there does need to be um, 
I, I don't like I haven't given this a lot of thought, but I, it was just something I noticed when I lived in Shanghai that like life was just supportive of activity, all kinds of activity. Um, even if it's just going for a walk or stretching, there were places to do that. It was easy to do for everyone, everyone. Um, I mean, it's there just needs to be sidewalks, more sidewalks, more sidewalks. <laughs> bike lanes, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Washington, I feel like we do have a lot of bike lanes, but mm. I feel scared for cyclists because it's like some drivers yeah. just ignore them. Like, oh, there's a cyclist. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's a bike lane. Like it's and yeah, and it gives me so much anxiety. Like watching, and my husband loves to bike. And so I'm like, okay, mm. well, go, like, out of sight, out of mind. Like, I don't want to be there if you get hit by a car. <laughs> but go have fun. <laughs> it, it it's just different. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like you can, you can understand. It, it it's different. Like like you said, the infrastructure in a lot of Asian countries do promote. Physical activity and basic things like driving, you know, people are mm-hmm. mindful of cyclists and joggers, and mm-hmm. like it's normal for people to actually use to like use the bike to lane. use the bike lane, yeah, and even <laughs> or even the crosswalk. When I when yeah. I went to school in Idaho, I almost got hit many times at the. Oh, like no. because people would run stoplights or run through the stop sign because they're like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. there's why is this girl walking across the street like she should be driving, <laughs> like why is she like outside? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it was it was definitely different. Yeah, that's true. Like just because because even here, so I live in Bend currently, Bend, Oregon, and people are pretty active here. There's lots of stuff to do. Um. And there's even bike lanes too, but people don't use them very often. And it was similar. So I spent most of my um, childhood growing up in California and it's the same, like there's bike lanes and there's even rules. Like even if there's not a bike lane, there could still be a bike on the road. And occasionally you'd see one, but it's just not so common. And because of this, like speed limits are higher, but as in just, I can only speak for Shanghai because that's where I spent most of my time. But there's more in a shorter distance. So you can ride your bike. Like life is just set up to where, you know, you don't have to put so many groceries in your car and you don't have to have so many things. So you can take a bike places and cars are actually kind of inconvenient. And because there's more bicycles on the road and pedestrians, people are just aware of that. They drive more slowly. And yeah, so it's, I feel like the way I'm talking about it makes it sound really simple, like just put sidewalks. <laughs> but I know it's so much more than that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, and I'm not like I have no idea where to start with fixing that or anything. Um, but yeah, just something I've observed. Yeah. Now, now I'm curious. After after we finish our conversation, I'm probably gonna Google, like, why do state governments not like sidewalks or fixing sidewalks? <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah in my opinion it all goes back to money mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of things go back to money and there are some places where they are like they'll be very diligent about fixing the sidewalks fixing the roads making it you know bikeable and things like that but in general I think a lot of things go back to money 
and, and that makes sense you know follow follow where the money goes and and you'll learn why certain things like are prior are prioritized over other things mm-hmm. yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah Estelle, where can listeners learn more about you? Okay. So the best place to find me is Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Estelle C Fitness. So my name Estelle, E-S-T-E-L-L-E-C. My middle name is Christine. And then the word fitness. It's all lowercase, all together. Um, You can also check out my website. It's EstelleCFitness.com. But honestly, Instagram is the best way to get to know me and then through there you can see the other ways to connect with me awesome thank you so much Estelle for having this conversation with me and for us to learn more about your story and your journey in owning your own business and finding your true self thank you so much for having this conversation today thank you thank you so much for having me on your podcast I am honored hey friend Thanks for listening. I love this conversation with Estelle because of the reminder to move our bodies in this day and age of Netflix and chill. Taking care of our bodies through movement is an opportunity to show love and respect to ourselves. I wanted to give a shout out to my first reviewer, County Cock Gal. She wrote, I love Marie and how open she is about her life and becoming her best self. So many lessons for all of us in her podcast. It makes me want to be a better person and has helped me with the tools I need to deal with unhealthy slash toxic people in my life. Thank you, County Cock Gal. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Your words mean so much to me and I'm so grateful you're here. Leaving a review helps the Cook Cookery podcast reach more people who are wanting to live more authentically. Thanks again for listening. And I'll see you next time.